Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You're listening to episode number 169. Our Sunday worship service for June 21st, 2020 is Prove Prosperity. God takes care of his children. We just have to make room for miracles. So the scripture today is uh, Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Now, I love that part of scripture. It's one of those that, that comes up for me a lot. Sometimes when I'm, I'm feeling like I don't know where the next good thing's coming from, whether it's prosperity or healing or just whatever good thing I'm waiting for. Sometimes I, I think about that little piece of scripture where God says, bring the whole tithe in and test me now and this. see what happens when you put me first. This is one of those pieces of scripture that, that I'd like for you to sort of keep in your pocket. You know what I mean? Because it works. I love it too because if you know the whole story of that part of scripture, and it's one of the shortest books, you can, you can pick it up and read it in about five seconds. But what's going on is that there's these people who are enjoying a certain amount of success. Things are working out for them. There's no bad guys in their lives and they're going through the motions of their lives. This is important. They're going through the motions of their lives and all of a sudden, Nothing's working for them. It's as though the flow has been blocked. Something isn't working right. And so the prophet is telling them something else has to happen here. God is telling them, test me now in this. Watch what happens when you stop just going through the motions and you start noticing something. And you know, sometimes that's the deal. Sometimes that's what prosperity or healing or whatever it is the miracle is that you're chewing on. Sometimes that's what it looks like. It just looks like something working. Sometimes we don't even notice it. Think about the last time you were sick. You had a cold or whatever, and you're aware of it and the misery of waking up with it every morning and having to deal with the the stuffy nose and the discomfort and the whole, you know, the whole thing, all of the NyQuil symptoms, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's that one morning you wake up and you're not sick anymore. Now, most people, myself included, maybe you too, most people don't even realize they're not sick for a while. They wake up, they do their thing, they brush their teeth, they have the coffee, and then all of a sudden, a few hours later, somebody they love maybe says, you know, you, you don't seem to have a cold anymore. And they go, oh yeah, you're right, I guess I don't. And I'm not trying to use that example to caution you into taking God for granted, because the thing is, I kind of want you to take God for granted. Miracles happen when you realize that God just is when you really rely on that in the same way that you don't have to think about gravity. I mean, I want you to think about God, but I don't want you to be surprised when God does what God does. That's the deal. Sometimes healing, prosperity, whatever it is, happens when you go, oh yeah, God's happening. What do you know? Pretty good. That's what it looks like. Being connected to something on such a profound level that you can't even step outside of it to question it. That's what it looks like when it's really working. On the other hand, when things aren't working, we really notice it. When you have a cold, we really notice it. When the bills aren't getting paid, you really notice it. Sometimes we really notice those things. And again, I'm not trying to caution you into saying, watch out what you look for. Are you, are you taking the positive for granted and really fixating on the negative? There's a lesson there too, but that's not the lesson for today. 
What I want you to know is the reason that we really notice the discomfort parts, the reason we really notice the dysfunction parts, the the reason we really notice the broken parts is because they are so foreign, so alien to what we're made out of that they pop up. That's the deal. It's kind of an amazing thing when we just really catch the things that, that aren't real. There's something in your, your body, your spirit, your heart that's saying, this isn't right. You're not supposed to do it this way. It's okay to not feel this way. It's okay to not be alone. Because at the root of it, that's really what we're talking about. Whether it feels like a, a, a sickness, whether it feels like a, a blockage of the money flowing through your life, whether it feels like all kinds of negative things, at the end of the day, the problem has to do with feeling separate from God, with feeling apart, with feeling neglected, with feeling other. The people in the story that I just read were feeling other, separate from God. And the problem that we have is when we feel apart. So we work to make sure that nobody in our lives feels that way, and we work to make sure that we don't feel that way. And at the end of the day, we know better. You know, you get those moments when you feel like, oh gosh, I really feel separate from God, but I know better. I know all of those things that Dieter talks about in church. I know the the stuff that goes on in the Bible. I get it. I know that God is everywhere. That was from Sunday school. I know all of this stuff. How come I feel so isolated? You know, that's the thing. And I don't know about you, but, but I know a lot of people, once again, myself included, have gone to this place where you go, I know it intellectually, but I can't feel it, and so maybe there's something wrong with me. You know, you can get into a theology of blame very quickly if you know the thing, but you don't feel the thing. I know that God is everywhere and right here, and yet I feel alone, and because I feel alone, maybe I'm doing it wrong. What I want you to know And part of the lesson for today and part of the thing that's going to make prosperity work for you, a life that works for you, is understanding that you have what it takes right now to get over that feeling. You have feelings in your heart that can lead you to a better place. And that's what we're going to work on today. What I want you to know is that so much of this has to do with getting to a different definition of how you feel your relationship with God, of how it works for you, of what you go to first. I want you to imagine that you go to a friend's house. Remember when you used to be able to go to friend's houses? I want you to imagine that you go to a friend's house. And the friend says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I need your help. You see, I need you to help me build this thing because I've got all of the stuff that I use for cooking on the top shelf of the kitchen. It's really high up. I can't reach it. I need you to help me build some kind of a stool or a ladder or something, kind of lifeguard bench, something. Can you help me? Can we get out in the garage and put some two by fours together and build this thing? You're a good friend, so you go and you help them. And maybe you're not a carpenter, so it's a little bit rickety. It's a little bit weird. There's some problems with the power tools. But you build this kind of weird, jury-rigged kind of a thing so that your friend can go up and reach the things that they need to reach every day to cook the food so that they can stay alive, right? That's a weird definition. When the right answer might have been, why don't you put the soup cans where you can reach them? You know? 
What I'm trying to say is sometimes we get so caught up in what we think the solution is that we don't realize that there are much easier solutions, much more straightforward things. People go, you know, I don't understand my prosperity. I don't understand my healing. I don't understand my life. And they go, well, you need to see a bunch of mystics and you need to make a pilgrimage. You need to buy these things. You need to wear this outfit. When the truth is, metaphorically, just put the cans of soup where you can reach them because God is already here. So much of spirituality, so much of getting over whatever it is you need to get over has to do with questioning what your definition is. And there's an easier one, a more convenient one that's right where you can reach it. That's the deal. So ask yourself, you're working on prosperity. Today's a prosperity day. Ask yourself, what is your definition of prosperity? For a lot of people, it has to do with having a certain amount of money. If I had five million dollars, I could pay these things off and give these people this and buy this kind of car. You know what I mean? A lot of people got a price tag on it. What's your definition of prosperity? It often has to do with some amount of money, a, a house in this one neighborhood, a certain amount of this physical thing and this material thing. It's something that you can quantify. What is it for you? Is it hair plugs? Is it a Lamborghini? What is it? But there's a problem with measuring your success by a destination, with measuring your prosperity by how much money, because once you get to a million dollars, you're going to discover that there is such a thing as two million dollars. You know what I mean? Once you get to whatever that finish line is, whatever that horizon is, you're going to realize that there's another one not so far away, but just out of reach. You know what I mean? Measuring yourself by a physical thing, by a deadline, by an amount, is going to wear you out because it's not how you were built. And if that is your definition of prosperity, you are headed for and currently experiencing frustration. It's not the fault of how this works. It's a faulty definition. Because here's the deal. You are, because of whose child you are, you are an infinity machine. You are designed to fixate on the boundless, the infinite. You are part of something that never began and never ends. You are part of this wonderful ongoing and defining yourself by something that is just in this moment, that just is a, is a contained thing, that just is a deadline or an amount, is never going to make you happy. So much of prosperity has to do with finding a different definition. And maybe that's why Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. What if the idea is, can you just give thanks for what's going on right now, your daily bread, and trust that God's got the rest of this under control? Can you do that or do you need constant validation in the outer? Hmm, it's interesting. It has to do with changing our definitions. So we talk about prosperity. And if you know me at all, you know that one of the words that I really love when I talk about prosperity is the word affluence. Affluence. You are prosperous when you are affluent. And you know that affluence comes from the same root as the word fluid. Being affluent has nothing to do with having a whole bunch of stuff hoarded. It has to do with being in touch with the flow of things. Things come and things go, and they can't define me, and they can't limit me, and I never worry about it. That's affluence, and that's what you want. Change your definition. But as long as we're in the Funk and Wagnalls uh, department, let's also look at another definition. What is your definition 
of poverty. I mean, think about it. Because there are those people who say, well, poverty means having less than this amount of money. And I get that. But on the other hand, you have been in a position where you didn't have that amount of money and maybe you were happy. You know that there are people that don't have a Lamborghini and yet still have a functional life. And you know people who do who are miserable, right? We've talked about this. There is a, a profound disconnect between material goods and metaphysical happiness. A profound disconnect, so much so that the two are not related at all. Wealth is measured by being in the flow, and poverty is not measured by how much you don't have. Rather, here's a definition I want to encourage you to think about. Poverty is defined by you having a fear of it going away. You are poor when all you have is a fear that your stuff is going to go away. You feel poor when you're worried about it, when it controls you, that fear. So think about it. You can feel poor on a private jet if you're just worried that somebody's going to take it away. You can feel poor with millions of dollars in the bank if all you're worried about is what you don't have. It has to do with the way you feel. It has to do with a different, a different definition. It has to do with something that can't be measured. It's something that can only be felt. Think about the times when you felt really prosperous and think about the times when you felt really alone. I bet you anything they didn't have to do with a finite amount of money. They had to do with something in your heart. So what's in your heart? And I know that there are people who will listen to this and go, yeah, yeah, okay, that's great. But you know, how come daily bread? You know, isn't it okay, spiritually speaking? Isn't it metaphysically cool if I pray for a loaf? You know, how come I have to just fixate on this daily bread? How come I can't pray, God, will you please bring me an armored car every day? God, will you please give me more money so that I can do the Uncle Scrooge diving into a pool of gold coins or whatever? How come I can't pray for that? Is that not spiritual? Hmm. Look, there's nothing unspiritual about money. But there's something very foolish about needing a lot of it to feel okay with yourself. You know what I mean? Part of the reason that we talk about our daily bread is so that we don't get caught up in the wrong thing. There's an old joke. I'll spare you the long version. Here's the short version. A guy's walking through the woods and he finds a magic lamp and he rubs the lamp and the genie pops out and the genie says, as you might imagine, you can have three wishes. And the guy thinks for a minute and he says, you know, I'd like to have a bottle of beer that never runs out. And hocus pocus, there's the bottle of beer. And the guy takes a drink and it just fills itself right back up. And he takes a drink and it just fills itself right back up. It never runs out. And then Jeannie says, okay, what are your other two wishes? And the guy says, you know, I guess I'd like two more just like that. Now, the reason that that's a funny joke, and trust me, it's funny, and look, it's Father's Day, so I get to say it's funny. The reason that's funny is because it's ridiculous. You've already got one, right? You don't need more. Do you see what I'm saying? Daily bread is enough if you trust that God is holding the rest for you. How much validation do you need? The question that determines your prosperity experience has to do with this. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? 
You know, people talk about faith like it's the the gasoline in the engine. People talk about faith like it's the motor that makes it work. But the truth is that faith is a little bit more like a a GPS system. Look, I don't know where it's going to go, and I don't need to own the whole route. I just need to know that when it's time to turn left, I'm going to be told to turn left. That's faith. I don't need the whole thing. I just need the next step. Faith has to do with trusting something bigger than yourself. And, and that's why sometimes I, I have a, a little alarm light that goes off in the, in the periphery of my imagination when someone says, well, you know, I'm an excellent manifester. I'm a healer. You know, people say things like that. And, and I want to say, okay, good for you. But then I also want to go, you know, I know I don't say it out loud, but I go in my head, I say, yeah, you know, that's great. I'm a good breather. I'm a good processor of nutrients. I'm a good circulator of blood. Of course you're a healer because you heal. That's what happens. Of course you're a manifester. Things manifest. That's not special. That's not a way to define yourself. But the truth is it's even deeper than that. Because you know what? You're not an excellent breather. You're going to get to the place where things work a lot better for you when you stop thinking about your ability to do a thing. It's not that you're a manifester. It's not that you're a healer. And it's not even that you're a breather. It's that the Holy Spirit breathes through you. Remember Genesis. Things work better when you realize that you are not powered by your own steam. Not ever. There is something bigger than you that is happening that makes all of this work. You want a definition of faith? Here it is. Faith is your ability to be okay with the fact that God's in charge. Faith is your ability to be okay with the fact that God is in charge. Do you need to own this? Do you need to run this? Do you need to be the power that makes this happen? Or can you trust that when it's time to turn left, you'll get the sign? One of those is spiritual and one of those is limiting. You get to decide which way you want to go. But at the end of the day, you will prosper to the degree that you can trust something bigger than yourself. If you know me, you know that I'm a, I'm a comedy nerd. I'm a, I'm a fan of stand-up comics and I like Saturday Night Live and I love David Letterman and I love all of these things. I listen to these podcasts where stand-up comics talk to other stand-up comics because I'm such a nerd about it. I like to hear about their process. You know, how do you write these jokes and how did you get discovered and how do you deal with the crowd and what's your thing, you know? I love all the inside baseball of it. But I got to tell you, even though so many different comics have different, different techniques and different things that appeal to them and different styles of telling jokes and the whole thing, all of them who are successful have the same story. Every successful comic has a story about how they got their start. And it almost always is, I started out because I just had to do this and I didn't have any money, and I, but I had to do it. And I waited tables during the day. And at night, I couldn't get it on the stage, but I just swept the floor of the comedy club just to be there, just to be in that world. And after a little bit of time, they let me take tickets at the door. And after a little bit of time, they let me pass out flyers. And after a little bit of time, after years of this, they'd let me go on at like 2 o'clock in the morning when the audience was just three drunk guys and a janitor. And I was bad at it. I was so bad at it that I'd get heckled by people who weren't even watching. But I got better. And I got better. 
and I got better. That story repeats itself over and over again through every successful stand-up comic, and I would bet through every successful musician. There's a version of it through every successful artist of every kind. The idea is, do you love something enough to be bad at it? put your comfort aside and say, you know what, the only thing worse than sweeping the floor in this comedy club is not doing it. Because I have to do this thing that's bigger than me. Prosperity has to do with understanding that this is not about what makes me comfortable. This is this thing that has to be said. It's got to come out. And I say that because, you know, here's me talking to you, but you can see me, I can't see you. What I can see is is a camera. There's not a lot of feedback here. And I'll tell you what, I'm a human being. I have my times where I go, is this working? Is anybody out there? Is this thing on? You know, those kind of moments. And I think back to when I got my start at a little storefront church over in Tampa, and it was just me and Jenny. And I got to tell you, I did good in seminary, and I grew up in this life, and I've done a lot of Sunday lessons. But you know what? I've done a lot of bad Sunday lessons, and I've swept a lot of floors and all of it. I've been in a situation where you got to fix the toilet in the back of the church five minutes before you got to go on and talk about Jesus. You know, it, it happens. But I love it enough to be bad at it, you know? I was talking about all of this with Jenny the other day, and she said, you know, there's something amazing when you realize that it doesn't matter if anybody's listening. What matters is that you've got something to say. There's something amazing about that. And I got to tell you, that is the root of this whole thing. That is the beginning of prosperity where you realize it doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is there's something inside that has to come out. That's got to come first. It doesn't matter anything else. Can you follow this thing that's bigger than you that's saying you got to turn left now? That GPS in your heart is leading you to prosperity. The scripture for today says, test me now in this. If you put food in the house, if you tithe, see what happens. Test me that I won't overflow the blessings in your life. That's how this works. And that's what tithing is. You know, there's a lot of ministers that'll say tithing is a certain percent to the church and all of that. And that's great. You know, support your church and all of that. But that's not really what a tithe is. A tithe is simple. It's this. Put God first. Put God first in your romance. Put God first in your business transactions. Put God first in your pursuits. Put God first in your studies. Put God first in your life because God is your source. And when you connect to source, the things that you do will be taken care of. You don't prosper when you step in the way, right? Affluence has to do with a clean flow from source out to your life. That's how this works. So can you step into the flow? Can you define yourself not by how much you have, but how much you show, by your ability, for example, to love your neighbor? That's prosperity. Think about your life. Are there things that are getting in the way of your two jobs? Job one, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've got something that's getting in the way of that. It's going to keep you from prospering too. That's the deal. That's how this works. Your success is not determined by the things that you can buy. I want you to imagine being on a first date with somebody. They say, listen, I'm just trying to get to know you, and I want to know if you were to go to the grocery store right now, what would you buy? 
this is the beginning of a weird date, right? Because your, your initial thought would be, well, I don't know, milk, eggs, and fabric softener. What's wrong with you? Well, guess what? It's a boring question, but it is just as boring as this question. If you won the lottery, what would you buy? I don't know, a Rolls Royce? It's boring. It's the same kind of boring. I don't care what you would buy. The real question is, what would you do if you really knew that God's got this? Because again, that's faith. What would you do if you really knew that it was going to be okay? It might not always be comfortable. You might have to sweep the floor. You might have to pay your dues, but it's going to be okay. What would you do if you could just give yourself to something bigger than you to the point where you didn't even care if you were bad at it? What would you do? That's where you will prosper. And you want no secret? You don't need the lottery for that. Right now, think about what you would do if you had enough resources to do anything. Not what would you buy, but what would you do? And here's the thing. Right now, there is some version of that that you can do. Maybe you can't quit your job and write the great American novel, but you can get up an hour earlier and write for a few minutes before the coffee's done brewing. Maybe there's something you can do. Maybe you're not going to be in the Olympics next week, but maybe you can run around the track a couple of times and get better. Be okay with being bad so you can get better. There is some version of your ultimate success that you can do right now, and it will change you to the degree that you give yourself to it. It will set you free to the degree that you give it freedom over your heart and over your life. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do, based on what you've heard, can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address, and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should, do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.